everybody's got their stuff. I don't care who they are. It just gives me grace to be in it when I'm in it. And then I hope the practices that I'm doing, yeah, I, I'm more able to fall back into them. That's why it's so important to use your tools and get tools. These are really important because when you are struggling, you want to be able to have that muscle memory. I love what you said too, how the struggles keep us in the struggle. I think we all know that, but I think hearing it said out loud is very refreshing because yeah. we think, and I, I don't think it's just me. I think we think, why are we struggling? We shouldn't be struggling. What's up, my friends? Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited about today's episode. I just listened to it. It's a conversation with Jim Beebe, my therapist, and it is so, so helpful. One of the things I love about Jim is how honest he is and how candid he is about his own journey. Jim is joining us and has such a way of disarming us and teaching us not to resent ourselves or to resent our journey. He shares about the gift of being human, and he shares other thoughts that are so helpful and hopeful. Jim also shares about these tools that can actually build resiliency inside of us so we're not so affected by the day-to-day -day struggles in life. Is it magic? No. But can it be magical as we implement these tools and these strategies? Absolutely. And it can absolutely move the needle for us to find what we're looking for, more peace and more hope. You guys, Jim is such a gift to this community and such a gift to my life, and I love sharing him with you all. You guys, this guy's a wealth of knowledge and help, and I hope you are all so encouraged. If you need prayer, reach out, hello at dannysumner.com. The link will be in the show notes. All right, my friends, let me tell you a little bit more about our guest. So our guest is Jim Beebe. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist, and he's been a therapist for 40 years. Jim, he really has a pastor's, like a shepherd's heart. He received his bachelor's from San Jose Bible College and his master's degree from Fuller Theological Seminary in marriage and family counseling. Jim is the founder and the director of Abundant Life Counseling. And he really has a heart for integrating God's word and seeking wholeness spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Jim has a beautiful family with two grown children and a wonderful wife, and they've been married for 35 years, which is absolutely amazing. And they actually teach a marriage class together right outside of Los Angeles in Northridge and in Santa Clarita. If you want more information about the marriage class or to get in touch with Jim, I will have his info in the show notes. Welcome to a Holy Mess Podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Hi, Jim. Hey, Danny. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it? I know. It really has. I'm so grateful you said yes and you're back on. Erica, which 
I don't know if anyone has heard Erica's episode yet. It was, I think, episode 72. Go back and listen to Erica. She's amazing. She was asking questions about you, Jim, but she said, well, Danny, I know Jim is your therapist, but we all feel like he's our therapist too. So (laughs) congratulations, Jim. There you go. Well, it's fun to, you know, just to share the journey. None of this is new and none of this is me. It's just trying to share what we're learning as we walk our walk. You know, this is our season to do what people have done forever. You know, the people that we want to be part of is this tradition. We have, we have our ancestors that have walked this walk too. And uh, some giants there and they're just a bunch of people that have, you know, lived and been in and out of self-help, 12-step programs, ways in which they're trying to do their recovery. Now it's our season to be in that stream. We step in the stream with them. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I love that because it just is such a reminder. We're all in this together and we're not alone and not one person has all the answers. It's yeah. we're all striving for more healing to become the person we were created to be, Yeah, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit and all that. So I love that. I love that. I think we come to where this is my season where I get to do to be then and we have to embrace it all, but I get to now encounter and discover and reveal and be part of this journey of being human the gift, all of it, you know, I'm really struck by it because my kids are adults now, right? They're, you know, 31 and 29 and I'll see someone with the young kids. And part of me says, man, I'm glad I'm not doing that again, you know, but in a other way, I miss it. I loved my kids when they're, it was so fun raising my kids. And sometimes I look back and say, well, that now they're in that season. They have this season of life that they get to be totally in and I got to enjoy it and be part of that. Now I get to move into this season, new season of life with a different, you know, sort of set of life circumstances. But to sort of realize, wow, I could be watching me 30 years ago, you know, at a restaurant or something with a newborn, you know. And it's just sort of weird. It's a feeling of like oneness with this has been going on for thousands of years. It's been, it's been going, this is this life. Now we get the gift for our 80 years or whatever to live our life. In that life, Danny, we're just trying to find ways to live well and with, you know, and to have love, joy, and peace and be able to accept the gift and to be able to heal when we need to and to pass on better, be part of that legacy. Gosh, I love that. If I could bottle up what you just said, it's so true. If we can embrace the season that we're in and if we can embrace every season as it's a sweet gift, no matter how hard it is, there's gifts within it and life is 50-50 and because I'm sure even when you were in parenting, right? Because I listened to you say like, oh, it was such a sweet season. I'm like, oh, lucky Jim. That's amazing because I'm in the thick of it and I hate it. <laughs> like, yeah, the adolescence is hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I love my kids, but it's like, a, you know, it can be a roller coaster. Yeah. You know, and they're great kids. Thank God. You keep reminding me how great my kids are yeah. and to chill out a little bit. But yeah. Have you ever had that experience where you, you find an old picture of you, right? And, you know, when you were 20 or something. And you said, oh my gosh, I looked really good back then, you know, and I was so, and you know, I thought I was, you know, too much this, too little that, you know, I was so critical of myself and my gosh, I look compared to what I look like now, I look really good. I wish I, I would kill to have that body back, right? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so relatable. And yet, you know, it's sort of funny because you, if you could talk to your younger self, you'd say, you know what, you're okay. You know, just being who you are now, being this, your body's okay, you know? And you try to help this person be less shame-based or critical. And so I think our 
80-year-old self or our you know, 20-year-old self down the road will talk to ourselves today, would say the same thing to us today. Just be in your experience now. Be in who you are now. Relax. Yeah. It's so true. Hard to do. Not easy to do when our anxiety comes and grabs us. Yeah. Actually, that's such a great concept. And it's something that we actually cover in the Feel Better journey, right? We talk about how, what was our older self say to our current self? And we, we unpack this and, yeah. and go into it, but it's such a powerful yeah. illustration for our hearts and minds. And then we can understand who we are and then like build a bridge to get there. Yeah. I don't know. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think in that journey, Danny, we're all trying to find those tools, those relationships, those practices that help us be us. Okay. That, you know, I've said before on your podcast, it's, it's my job to be me. That's my job. My job is to figure out how to be me, how to take care of me. You know, I just didn't get really the maintenance book. Like with my car, when I got a car, I have this maintenance manual they give me, you know, and the schedule oil changes and, you know, when I'm supposed to do X, Y, or Z. And now I've got to, I've got to write my own for myself, how to take care of me. I think my book would be called High Maintenance Schedule. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's written very, very densely and it's in a different language. But that's my job. And that's why this, it's silly to compare ourselves to somebody else because you know, they have a different manual. They have a different life they got to live. That's so good. And I tell you, there's so much of fundamental things in there about you know, trying to be with radical acceptance, radically embracing my journey, not shaming myself for the journey, or resenting my journey, but to accept it as this is my journey that I get to walk. Whatever my history was, whatever my wounds are, whatever my personality is, my DNA, you don't get to change that. You know, you get to live it. And when you live it, you actually grow in it and you get new cards to play and new capacities. But I tell you, we can either be in shame or despair or resentment or victimization from all that past. And it, all it does is keep us stuck in it. Well, I, we could unpack so much right there with what you said, but how do you not stay in victimization? How do you not stay in shame or the struggle when the past is still affecting you? Like, yeah, I guess what would you say to somebody who is still wrestling with those areas? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think especially when we're so defined by those areas or when we're just so still living in that, it can feel so overwhelming just to get through one day at a time. That can be really hard. So I think initially a sense of feeling like I'm at peace with that past or I've sort of embraced that or I sort of feel hopeful for my future sometimes is asking for a lot initially. And so one thing they'll say in program is just show up, just show up. Like they'll say in AA, yeah, keep drinking, just come to meetings. Don't, don't, it's okay, you know, but just, you know, just show up, just sit down, you know. And what do they say? Suit up, show up, and shut up. <laughs> they say in meetings. I love that. Just be here. But what they're saying is basically, you just do the next right thing. Okay. Sometimes initially, man, I'm just trying to, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the rapids, I, you know. What do they say when you're in fall out of the boat? You know, it's just lean back. You know, don't fight it, you know, get in the right position, but then just go with the flow. Because if you fight it and try to swim your way out of it, you're going to bang yourself up on the rocks, right? And sometimes you just fell out of the boat and you're just like, you just got, okay, just slow down, just, just go with the flow, just do the next right thing. 
And this is where you lean into things like your program people, you listen to a podcast, you know, you make that call, you just try to find a community place that I can show up and be me. I can be me without shame and I can be me with all my mess and all the things that I feel at times either hopeless or struggling with, right? The problem can be in our, in our struggles, the struggles themselves can keep us in our struggles. So like when I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling depressed, the very thing I want to do is what keeps me out of anxiety or depression, right? And so you do have to sometimes do contrary actions. Okay? And you say to yourself, well, if I wasn't feeling anxious, what would I do? Okay, go do that. You know, this is the fake it till you make it kind of thing. So there are times when you're doing contrary actions or you're just trying to show up and do the next right thing. These are really powerful because then I slowly start to gain some sense of empowerment or ability because when we're stuck, we feel so either, we feel overwhelmed by it, but we also feel powerless in it, you know, because we don't even feel like we have the tools to do it. We feel stuck. But as I slowly start to do my recovery and I start to, you know, they say, you know, you go, you're uncovering to recovery, to discovery. We've talked about that before. Even on your podcast, we've talked about it. But when we're just sort of an uncovery stage, it's just as like uh, unpacking all this stuff that we're not quite getting those recovery tools yet, but we slowly find our way. In a way, Danny, they sort of find their way into you in ways that are just, you'd be surprised. There'll be things that you just, you didn't realize was happening and you're slowly metabolizing this stuff and gaining it. And you just a little incrementally, you're getting a little bit more balance, more perspective, more capacity, more resilience, right? Those things can start to happen. And that's really neat because then the tools that you're building into your life bear fruit and they really will. But I'm not saying they bear fruit that everything goes away, that your struggles go away. That's not what it looks like. But they bear fruit that I start to feel like I have a little more mastery over my life. I have a little more resilience and a little more fallback positions is in my tools to use. And that may be doing my mindfulness. It may be that I put on music and listen to some music that encourages me. It may be where I have a meeting that I know I'm going to go to every Thursday night because I have to do um, literature at the meeting. So, all right, I got to go, you know, and I'm there. And maybe those good friendships that I developed and maybe a podcast I'm listening to. I have these practices that I've practiced enough so that I've created this muscle memory that I'll hopefully fall into them. So I'm starting to become enriched and I'm starting to slowly have this sense of that I'm not just a victim of my past or myself, right? Or my circumstance, you know? So when the Bible says, you know, we're more than conquerors, right? This sense of that, uh, that can shame us sometimes. But I think part of it is an encouragement to say, if you do your work, you can find ways to not be just the victim of your circumstance. It is empowerment. Gosh, I love that. So I'd be very careful. I want to be careful because I don't want to, I think it's a mixed bag. And sometimes, oh my gosh, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just holding on because I feel like I'm out of the boat again. And there's other times like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. I felt like I was out of the boat, but I'm really in the boat. And I, wow, ooh, what's this thing in my hand? It's a paddle. Oh, I can use this paddle. And all of a sudden, I, I, I find that I'm slowly starting to feel like, oh my gosh, that old, that old self that felt powerless, I'm actually starting to feel like I have more self and, you know, more tools to use. Well, and what you're saying is the only way to master, so to speak, these tools is to practice them, right? It's like, you know, I played softball and I'd go to hitting practice, even though I was a good hitter and all of that, like we still continue to do the repetitions yeah. even when I didn't feel like it, right? And so if we can build some of these tools in when we're struggling, 
we know, okay, well, when I'm struggling, I know my first thing to do is to reach out to somebody. I send a text, then I go on a walk, then I drink 20 ounces of water, and I do some breathing, then I do meditation, then I listen to a good book or, or something. Like if you have these strategies already in place, rather than when you're being buried by the moment and just struggling to breathe and you don't know what you're doing. So you like scream at your kids or scream at your life or, or whatever. So yeah, I love that. I love what you said too, how the struggles keep us in the struggle. I think we all know that, but I think hearing it said out loud is very refreshing because yeah, we think, and I, I don't think it's just me. I think we think, why are we struggling? We shouldn't be struggling. We're fundamentally, who said we shouldn't be struggling? We actually shouldn't be struggling. Look at what's going on in the world. If we're a feeling sensitive person at all and anything hurtful happens in life, well, of course we're going to struggle. It's very human of us, right? And you said about embracing our humanness. So yeah. the gift of being human, you've said so many times, Yeah, the gift of being human. Yeah, I think there's that paradox, right? That when I accept it, when I start to embrace it without shame, and judgment, then I actually can use tools that help me take care of it, right? You know, with kindness and compassion. When you come from a place of judgment, I think it'll feed the hopelessness, that hopeless, helpless feeling that depression brings. And it can be hard because, man, I tell you, there's people going to be listening to this podcast that are living in circumstances that are really difficult. You know, it's hard, right? And you got to validate that and hear that. And then, okay, what's the one thing I can do today, you know? What can I do? And, and I believe this, but it's hard sometimes to experience it. But the truth is, I hope that my circumstance is not what defines me. I hope what defines me is someplace from inside of me that I've built, of course, over a long time and I've nurtured it, but as a place of me being okay, no matter what's out there. And something's out there can be really sometimes difficult. Sometimes we're just in difficult life circumstances. But I hope and I believe, and I do believe this because I see people doing it, where they're able to still find love, joy, and peace in their life, in a life that we would say, well, how do they do that, right? These are people that get paralyzed or something, or they have, you know, get in a bad fire or, or they lose a child, right? People do this all the time. You know, they lose a child and, and then they find a way to live that life and to find joy in their life. That, that should encourage us. To say, ultimately, it's not my circumstance that defines me. I want that to be a place inside of me that I've come to peace with me. And I believe this. If I'm at peace with me, I'll be at peace with my life circumstance. And then I'll be able to interact with that life circumstance. You know, I'll take initiative and I'm working it. I'm, I'm making choices. I'm saying yes. And I'm saying no to things in my life. And in fact, I think you'll actually over time create an easier life circumstance to live in because you'll make wiser choices as you do that. Okay. I do believe that too. But sometimes that can take a long time, you know, some things, you know, and some things aren't going to be fixed, you know, this side of the veil. But I think it's an inside job. This is what Viktor Frankl was saying in Man's Search for Meaning. He was saying it wasn't the situation of him being in the concentration camps that ultimately defined him. He found a way to define himself and his humanity that helped him then cope with an incredibly difficult circumstance. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. As you're talking, I'm thinking, okay. 100%. And you're painting a beautiful picture for an illustration for us to look forward to and to strive towards and use all these tools. But I think when someone is stuck, like in the midst of like awful circumstances and they can't see the forest through the trees, I think fundamentally, like when life has you by the throat, 
with whatever's going on, I think fundamentally you said some great things. Like number one, validate it, right? So you're in a hard situation. Okay, you need not only your own validation, but you need to bring it into the light and let another human being who has grace and compassion and understanding validate that. Because once we're validated, then we can breathe to figure out, okay, what's our next steps? Like, is there something that I need to do? Is there something I need to change? Is there something inside of me that I'm dealing with, like regret wise? Do I need to deal with anything? Right. And all of this takes time, you guys. Like what Jim is saying is be patient with yourself. Like your human experience was created for a lifetime. <laughs> like we want it all instantaneous. Like we want to be fixed and have you know, walk in the the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, and self-control all within like a 0.2 seconds, right? That's never how it works. Like it's such a process, right? I mean, and I think just waking up to embracing the process. And one of the things that I admire most about you, Jim, is your embracing of the process. And I don't know if life just beat it out of you of like, okay, this is life and this is the process. And you've worked with so many people and you've just seen it so much. But one of the things that I think without even saying it, one of the things you've imparted in me is to embrace the process. Like it's okay. And you can actually enjoy the process and people will come into your life to bless you and carry you through the process. And so does that make sense? Yeah. But I don't always live it where I enjoy my process either. (laughs) Don't tell me that. Tell me you enjoy it. Tell me. No, no. There is this it's such a paradox because I'm telling you, I can be triggered. I can be like in my anxiety. I can be, you know, where I'm sad or depressed. And in those moments, I do my work and I do my self-talk and I embrace it and I try to trust the process and all that. But it, it's sort of weird because on one hand, I just feel crappy, feels crappy. Yeah, things that are worry me, they worry me, right? But there's this other part that says... You and I have talked about it before, like this sort of this deeper song being sung. There's deeper in, in Chronicles of Narnia. Aslan says there's a deeper magic going on, right? That the, the white witch thought that she had control and she her magic is going to work, but he said there's this deeper magic, right? And we've used that as our metaphor. Like there's this something deeper when I say, it's okay, Jim, to be in this. It's okay to feel this. This is what life is. And at times it's fun and exciting and at times it's like scary and overwhelming and at times it's boring and all those things when I don't judge it when I try to embrace it and then I just say man okay get enough sleep go clean the garage be purposeful somewhere you know share this you know with people you trust you know just do the next right thing right you know I want to sort of embrace that and take choices and I it does help me not be in that pit so long okay that's a lot you know because the old me would go back into I would just generate anxiety about the anxiety or I'd generate trying to control things, you know, that kind of stuff. So this perspective, this self-talk, when the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind or take captive every thought, this is sort of what that process of trying to do that. I'll be honest, it's a tug of war. It depends on how big the trigger is out there, you know, but really trying to just embrace all that, that, that feels pretty human to me. I don't know anybody who doesn't struggle that way. I don't think this life where we have this enforced positivity in life, it's an illusion. It's not real. Okay. Everybody's got their stuff. I don't care who they are. It just gives me grace to be in it when I'm in it. And then I hope the practices that I'm doing 
yeah, I, I'm more able to fall back into them. That's why it's so important to use your tools and get tools. These are really important because when you are struggling, you want to be able to have that muscle memory. Yeah. That's why your course is so good, Danny. It's so important because getting those practices that you've worked on and that you've now put into this course, and this is really valuable, really important because it's just get introducing practices that then when I'm in need, I will hopefully by default be able to go back to some of that and find some of that. So like, you know, when the sun's shining, you better make hay because the rain's coming. And when it does, you want to have some bread on the shelf, basically. And what your courses are doing to me is trying to help people, how do I bake my bread? What are the things that go in there? You know, and you got a whole bunch of things in there that you're just trying to say, here's what's helped me, you know, give some tools as people try to practice those practices. And you know this, they're helpful. None of them are like magic where it just makes everything go away. But they're magic in that they give me a way of living my life and living in my experience that is so helpful to have wisdom in my life, but also when those triggers happen, how to not be controlled by the trigger as much. For sure. Listen, we all struggle and have areas in our life that hurt and affect us deeply. All of us. You are not alone. I am not alone. You guys, that's why I created the Feel Better Journey, a six-week group coaching program where we learn together how to implement super helpful strategies that help us feel better in our skin, in our lives, and in our circumstances. You guys, in this program, I am honest and more vulnerable and real than ever. It's kind of Danny Unplugged. We get six weeks together where I really just share my heart. I share the strategies, the tools, the tactics, everything. And yes, I share my struggles. If you like how open I am on the podcast, trust me, you will love the Feel Better journey. I am more raw and more honest about my experience and how I get through really rough moments, how I've worked through the drama and trauma and crap in my past, and I share my heart. I share exactly what it took to find this inner healing, because like I've said a million times on the podcast, I believe God can heal us in an instant. But more times than not, it's a healing through the process. And that is what the Feel Better journey is all about, about unpacking and living and thriving through the process as God puts our life and our heart and our mind back together. You guys, in this program, I literally lay it all out for you. I give you all the tools and all the tactics that have helped me build a really amazing life from the inside out, one day at a time. Now, are my circumstances ideal or perfect in every way? Absolutely not. We all have stuff in our life. But you guys, if we can find that inner peace and that inner joy and that place of purpose with the Lord, oh my gosh, that's manna from heaven to help us live really great lives one day at a time. If you're not familiar with group coaching, don't worry, it's very chill. A coach is just someone who can help you find the tools and tactics and help you implement in your life to make the change that you've been longing for. So what comes with the program? There are private podcast audios that drop each week along with a workbook. An awesome workbook for all my type A overachiever friends. You guys, I worked my booty off on that workbook and had a ton of input and help from those actually who went through the first round with me to make it so much better. And each week we have a live Zoom call that is 60 to 90 minutes, and these are some of my favorite times. You guys, this next round, like I said, we're gonna actually have Jim, my therapist, join us 
on one of those Zoom meetings so you can actually get some coaching from Jim, which is amazing. You guys, if you're ready for your next step, you're ready to do that holy work of learning to embrace and walk in God's grace for yourself, let's go. Grace is free, but learning to walk in it and be empowered by it, that takes a little bit of work. And that's the reason I created this program. So this round starts at the end of February, and I'd love to have you join me in the Feel Better journey. Check out the link in the show notes or jump onto my website at dannysumner.com forward slash the Feel Better journey. Well, and you said something, you know, about the tools and the practices. And if you guys are just tuning in and you've never listened to one of our episodes, I'll put some links in the show notes to listen to some other previous episodes that will give you some context. But Basically, those tools and those practices are just things that we can build into our lives to encounter, number one, more of Jesus, to encounter more peace within ourselves, to really even hear from God to figure out how to live this life and how to deal with shame and regret and anxiety and depression and fear and all of these things, right, that are very human and we all struggle with. But if we can have some tools in our tool belt, so to speak, which are just different practices. So, like, Jim, what are some of your favorite go-to practices that you suggest to people when they're struggling in life? What are just some like, hey, think of these three things or put them on a post-it and when you're struggling, go do these three things or, and there's, I mean, there's hundreds, right? I've narrowed it down to a dozen or so that are super helpful. And then there's little ones that kind of branch off of those. But what would you say to somebody who's like in the midst of or that struggle, or that overwhelm, or that just, yeah. what would, would you suggest they do? Yeah, so everybody will end up having their own list, probably, you know, and even the list will change over time, okay? But number one for people is try to establish a community of openness and caring and perspective and sharing, okay? So people that go to 12-step, that would just be go to a meeting, Go to a meeting, have a meeting where you're committed and you're just there because sometimes you don't feel like it, you don't want to go. And this is, this has happened millions of times for people. I don't want to go. Oh, it's just what a pain, but all right, you know, and they get there and then, you know, 20 minutes later when they hear someone else share, it's not even their share sometimes, it's because they hear someone else talk, they just starts to jog them out of their self pity or their depression. And they're like, like all of a sudden they can feel this perspective, right? So, you know, you got to realize our brain is just that bad neighborhood that's going to mug us, right? So it's, we're just going to get mugged in there. I do it too. So just having those other places of community. If you're married to it, you're lucky. If you have that spouse, you can do it with. That's fantastic. And if you don't have that, then you've got to find those friendship networks and the support community. And most times, in my experience, church life groups are not it. Most that I know, there's some, I've seen some, but most of them are not the place where people can get this. So it's like, go to a meeting. And nowadays, my gosh, every hour of the day, you could go to a meeting somewhere, especially with Zoom stuff. You can be in a meeting like a meeting in New Zealand at 2 a.m. You can be in a meeting because it's 2 p.m. in New Zealand. And you, you know, you could be in, in a Dakota meeting or an Al-Anon meeting, right? I mean, it's fantastic. And so number one, create that. Okay. Number two, get your body moving. Get moving. Do something productive. Remember, I used to tell you, Danny, clean your pantry. Okay, clean your pantry. Okay. Actually, you would say clean your kitchen because I had a yeah. hobby of letting my dishes pile up in the kitchen. And Jim would be like, just when you're struggling, go clean some dishes. Like, I guarantee you, you have dishes to clean. Totally. That's right. That's right. Just do something physical. Okay. And if it's productive, you get something, you get, listen, you get something done anyway. Okay. But get moving. 
because when you're stopped, you are just torturing yourself and your, your body is not your friend. Okay. So get moving as best you can. So build network with community, get moving, you know, and the network with community, honestly, it can be good books. It can be literature. Al-Anon has some great stuff with like daily devotionals that are really good. And so a lot of people have these devotional literature and have them on the shelf and pull them off and read a day. All you have to do is read one of these and it's like such a helpful perspective giver, right? And so you have the, have that kind of literature around can be really helpful. Some people love the Jesus Calling devotional because it has some of that kind of same feel to it. But any of those kind of things that are helpful, okay? And maybe the third one for some people can really be try to write it out. Get it out of your head onto paper. Because when you're in your head, when you are alone with you in your head, it's, it's you're in trouble. So sometimes just writing it out can help you get perspective and help you sort of, it's like an exorcism in a way, <laughs> you know, get the demon out of you, you know, <laughs> because it just feels that way. And, and hopefully, you know, we hope we can, we're trying to create that other voice. We have a voice of whether it's despair, hurt, victimization, anxiety. We're trying to encourage that other voice in us of perspective, encouragement, love, wisdom. And hopefully as we journal, we can access that voice in us too. It's hard though. I don't think you can really access that voice until you clean out the hard parts, the cruddy parts, because otherwise you're just putting like toxic positivity over it. And then it's like eating poopy brownies, right? It's like yeah. eating brownies with dog poop in them. Like it's just disgusting. It's, it's not, yeah. we know it's not real because yeah. we haven't cleaned out yeah. how, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Danny. And this is an interesting talk, right? What is that voice that isn't just that over-spiritualizing, that's more that enforced positivity that really isn't authentic. It's just an external religious expectation. You know, it's all this platitudes that we share, right? Versus what's that authentic voice of encouragement and care and nurturing that's healthier, isn't a platitude, but it, in a way is saying the same thing, but it's saying it from a different position often. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, because sometimes early on, if you're forced into that, that's just platitudes. That's not helpful. In fact, I think it's just shaming, you know, that's a really good word. It's a really good point you make. And I can't tell you that it doesn't flip back and forth for me a little bit. So we all know that there's this cognitive therapy where you're trying to talk to yourself and give yourself perspective. So let's say with me, with my son, you know, if he's doing something stupid at the moment, or he's struggling, let's say, okay? And the old positivity would be, well, this is good for him to go through that. This is, you know, part of his journey, and it's going to work out, and it's going to be okay, right? That could be an old voice that isn't really authentic to me, but can be like me trying to force that perspective on myself, okay? The new voice says, you know, this is really good for him to go through. This is going to be part of his story. You don't know the end of it. You know, in the end, this is going to be actually going to make him a healthier, stronger person, right? Same words, almost. And it now is part of me. It is authentic. I really can't tell you exactly how that shift got to be where it was now more, that feels more congruent and more authentic than just that old voice. Because the old voice felt like it was just a dishonest voice. It was like someone else's voice. Now the new voice feels like it's more my voice inside, along with my anxiety and my worry. And I can't tell you exactly how that shift, it's, it's sort of funny because it does slow. And I think it's just the practices over time. And maybe it's just a, trying to integrate it. And maybe it's, you know, sharing it and talking about it a million times. Maybe it's growing older. It's, it's all those ways in which we're trying to make that our voice. 
that it's authentic. It's not just artificial external voice. Even though I think the voice in many ways is saying exactly the same thing, but it becomes our voice inside. That's beautiful. Yeah. But to get that to be, right, I, I wish I could tell you, we'll do A, B, and C, and you, it'll, you know, you'll have that now as a resource inside. I think we do A, B, and C, but I think over time, it just sort of, it, it probably happens slowly and maybe without us even, you know, knowing it, we, we sort of live our way into this life. It's, it's like the quote, right? Live the questions quote, you know, live the questions. And someday you may, without knowing it, live your way into the answers without knowing it. You know, it'll be a surprise to you that it, that happens. It's the it's passage in uh, Isaiah, where these children come from. What happened? I, I thought I was suffering and all of a sudden now I have all these children. These I was bereft and, you know, and I thought I was lost. Wow, something was going on, right? And all of a sudden, you know, I have the fruit of it. You know, it's, it's wonderful to experience and I believe there's, it's true, even though it's also in the midst of all the messiness of life. But I think that's partly what we all want. So we have that as an internal resource and tool inside of us. I love that. It's so good. So good. Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.